I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Range Time is a bi-weekly podcast talking about guns, gear, and the shooting lifestyle. Opinions expressed may or may not be those of our parent company, sponsors, or advertisers. It's the Range Time Podcast. Gee, a cop wants a donut. Yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah, a great yeah, way yeah, to start yeah. the show. Of course it is. I'm sitting here saying, okay, let's get started. Let's get mm, Mike's donuts. over there talking about donuts. Hey everybody, welcome to Range Time, a uh, a podcast that happens on a somewhat regular basis, more frequently lately. Yeah, I just like how you had to think about what it was. Well, I was going to do like, do do we do it weekly? No. Do we do it bi-weekly? Well, kind of. We do a podcast. A periodic podcast. It happens. It's a periodical. periodical. From time to time. I'm your host, John Smith, talking about guns, gear, and the shooting lifestyle. We've got our, our... our favorite uh, co-host, America's greatest stuntman, Jim York. Hi. Joining us over there. And Officer Mike, who mm-hmm. is a uh, police officer somewhere in the state of Utah, but uh, his agency shall remain unnamed because we don't want him speaking for any specific group or any group speaking for him. Correct? Amen. Oh, <sighs> Man, I got all of that out of the way. <laughs> that was fast. Yeah, that was good. I, um, I'm going to start with, uh, you know what, I actually <laughs> have audio on this computer now. I can actually pull uh, Jim's latest stunt. I don't know how much audio is there. <laughs> That's where the GoPro Caution, goes. caution. <laughs> are you in a race? What are you yeah, doing there? I, I actually did, so it turns out I actually did win this Hit race. This. Caution, caution. <laughs> I, Who's I, yelling caution? Like, that's going to help <laughs> yeah. a bunch of people coming around a track <laughs> with motorcycles, motorcycles. Yeah. wearing helmets. How is that going to help? Well, I, they, they'll slow down, hopefully. Is hey, the man, idea. slow down. So that is actually, he, uh, his name's Hubert, everybody's favorite redneck. Caution, <laughs> <laughs> caution. I've, I've seen yeah. him on uh, Nitro Circuit. Yeah, that's so that's him. Um, I don't, I'm still kind of at a loss for why I bailed on that one. I had run that track. Probably 20 times that day, I've been fine, and then all of a sudden it just didn't feel right. So, uh, you know, hit the ejector button. And uh, whose bike is that that you're riding? It's so not I, yours. It is my one. Um, I got an East Coast bike. I okay. was sick of driving back and forth across the country just to haul a stupid pit bike. And so <laughs> I, I figured, I'm like, all right, with time and money, like, or time and gas and everything, I'm going to save money just buying a pit bike that lives at Pastrana Land. So that's what that one was. Where is Pastrana Land at? Uh, Maryland. I thought it was local. No, it's not, not local. And I thought it was California for some reason. I thought it was like in West Valley. It's not. No, local? that's so. Like there's like this is Nitro's second home in like 
that the Godfrey Entertainment and that whole deal, like you've seen Godfrey Trucking here, right? That's all kind of the same family. Um, so they've got a compound out uh, out in West Valley near where the racetrack used to be. That you, right. you, there used to be that huge quarter pipe that had the DC logos on it, and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. That that was like back in the day when we were doing more filming for video TV things like that. That's where that all lived. And so that's where, yeah, like there's a lot of people that confuse as like, no, Pastranaland's right here in Utah. Like, <laughs> turns out that is not true at all. Um, it is in, it's near Annapolis, Maryland. <clears throat> okay. It's in, it's near Annapolis, Maryland. Yes. So do you fly out there? Oh yeah. To do this stuff? Yeah. So we, with the company I'm with now, Pit Viper, we had had this idea for a really long time of like making pit bikes a thing again. I mean, like back in early. What's two- a what's a pit bike for those so, that don't yeah, know? Yeah, a pit bike basically like when you go to any kind of motocross race, you always like there's they're usually spread out at the big tracks. So you have a smaller motorcycle you ride around in the pits. Well, usually they take those little motorcycles. It's like a KLX 110 is typically the thing. Uh, like any kind of 110 cc motorcycle. You'll take those to to and from different areas of the track in, in like, the, inside oh, the pit, like a golf cart almost. Exactly, right. and you'll do that inside the pit. So they garnered the name pit bike. Gotcha. But they're they're for kids. But when adults ride them, it just becomes <laughs> entertaining. <laughs> and I don't know. I I actually started racing BMX when I was really little, like sixth grade. And then I was like, I you know, fat kid. I don't have to pedal anymore. This is the same size. Let's just ride this thing. This is great. Mine's like so. in the in the early two thousands, we had those little Razor pocket bikes. Yeah, and like all of that kind of came out in, in and around the same area. Back in like those early two thousand days, there was probably six different companies making mod pit bike parts and things like that. You could, I know dudes that had twenty grand into pit bikes. 20, That's insane. That is nuts. It, it, they, they were insane. Like it was just a, a whole new era. There was movies solely dedicated to just the pit bike and pit bike lifestyle. And then it just kind of tapered off. Wait and a so, minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What movies? It was called 50 Nuts. And it was all CR. So not a movie I've ever heard of. No, it was no. like, well, like it was back when like Nitro Circus and all those guys were putting out these, you know, these motorcycle movies, oh, okay. Crusties, Stevens and Dirts and things like that. It was, when yeah. you say movie, I'm thinking like Die Hard. No, they weren't like feature films. You they always were like, think Die Hard. Well, yeah. <laughs> but they, no, it was dedicated and the whole thing was just all pit bikes. The entire movie was just pit bike stunts. That's awesome. Um, and so, they, yeah, it just kind of died off. We had this idea about a year and a year and a half, year ago, whatever, Let's let's do a circuit. Let, like let's make them great again, if you will. There and was a great motocross movie in the nineteen eighties. Uh, it was a lot. It was like Rad, like but Rad was a BMX movie, but it was like that only with motocross. Yeah, do you know which one I'm I thinking know what about? you're talking about. I don't know the you name. Know of it, but I, I've you, seen you it. You know the and, and his bike gets ruined towards the end, yep. and they have to build another one out of spare parts or something exactly. like that. Exactly. That's what this reminds me. Of. So actually, it was funny. There's like comments on the on Trav's post. Uh, Brandon Stenekirk, he was like, this, still, "This reminds me of the pit bike version of Hell Track from Rad." Like, yes, that's that's what it was. Great, uh, second greatest movie of all time. It, right. yeah. uh, this is this is another stunt that Jim York did. So the, uh, <laughs> Mike, you may have seen this one. Yeah, this was in practice. Yep. yep. Okay, so <laughs> because this is an audio podcast, we're watching this in the studio, but you can't see it if you're listening. Jim York comes down a hill. It's a, This is a dirt track. This looks like you're in the middle of the woods. This is Pastrana's backyard. And you go over a, a hill and you crash right as somebody else is jumping in your same line of 
direction? Like okay, more or less. Um, what <laughs> what had happened was, um, I'm coming. There, there's a flat area at the top of this hill, and that leads into a step down. And that step down is probably about 25 feet. Um, right before I'm about to go off that, you have to be pre- basically third gear pinned. So that's as fast as that motorcycle will go. They have three gears. You're going as fast as it'll go. Any slower, you see what happens is you clip the landing of that step down and that's what bucked me forward so i'm just trying to not go over the handlebars and as soon as i gain control again turns out there's a are you trying to get hurt (laughs) never my intent it just seems to follow me (laughs) did you see his tagline i've never noticed his tagline on his instagram before on the main page what is it oh yeah uh no nope. brakes, no mistakes. It turns out you hit the brakes. That's what happens because that's I, what happened on both of those. I just noticed went, went, uh, that doesn't seem right. It's Jim, brakes make mistakes. You're... <laughs> yeah, that. so yeah, I got cut off at the top of that hill, had to hit my brakes, like, but it was kind of past the point in no return, so I was kind of at the mercy of what was going to happen next, and turns out that's what happened. Are those, this, I'm thinking about those little pocket bikes that we used to see. Are those legal? Those are illegal now, right? I don't know whether they're street legal or not. They never were street legal. Yeah, I don't. You can't because it has to be below fifty cc's, and those were considered fifty cc's. And And so you you'd have to be licensed. It would have to be registered, registered, and be able to meet all the specifications: blinkers, taillights, all that. But I don't even think you can you can sell them anymore. I I haven't seen them really anywhere. Like they were everywhere for a couple of years, and then I remember seeing a whole bunch of injuries in the news, and then they they vanished. Yeah. So I have to wonder if they're even like allowed, like they're they're out there with lawn darts, like no longer allowed to be sold. Well, let's talk about uh, let's talk about guns and stuff, shall we? Perfect. Um, oh, is, I, it, is this a gun podcast? Well, you know, sometimes. Okay. I I actually have a topic today that oh, I want to yeah. bring up. The U.S. Army uh, is getting ready to choose between one of three new rifles, which will replace. Uh, the M4 and M16, which uses a 5.56 five, or 223 round. Uh, and they're also looking to, to replace the, uh, the saw, the, the M249, which is a belt fed, uh, 7.62. Uh, it's not 7.62? What is uh, that one? That one's 5.56. Five, five, that the one's 5.56 five, five, as well? The, the 240 is 7.62. I'm seven, thinking six, the 240. Yep. Okay. So the 240 is 7.62, but the squad is 5.56 five, five, as well. Correct. So this one rifle would replace both, essentially making everyone in a platoon uh, an a, ammo mule, a saw gunner. <laughs> this the first one, I, you'll have to look these up. We'll post these on our on our uh, Facebook page. It's an interesting bullpup. Uh, yeah. The first one is a bullpup. It's manufactured by General Dynamics. It looks like it has. A, a Suppressor? In- no. no. Is that flash, not a suppressor? Oh, flash, flash hider. That looks ugly. It doesn't have. It's not I, vented. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Like it, it doesn't have any of the components of a muzzle brake or a flash unless hider. It, unless it's vented up or down. I'm wondering if they vented it straight down. It could be a that uh, would make actually a lot of like sense. A compensator. Yeah. No, um, because yeah. if it was a compensator, it's going to come out of the sides. Yeah, it would be like the, those big things you see on the front of like a 50 cal. Because the whole point of that's to to reverse the direct oh, that like, like goes. The anchor head, yeah. yeah. So I'm wondering if it's coming straight down so that it's not shooting up where it's vis- it's visible. That's so they have pretty likely two versions. They have a 22 inch and an 18 inch. Um, the 22 inch has a bullpup or uh, has a bipod attached. 
uh, both of which are magazine-fed rear of the grip. Uh, Standard bull. That's a bull pup. Bull pup style. So yeah. I don't. But what I don't understand is how a bull pup could be a squad automatic weapon. You you know, it looks like a. I don't think the you scar could, version you of a bull pup. A belt like, belt version. Yeah. Of well, you don't. You don't necessarily have to do a belt fed for what they're doing with those uh, nowadays. With what magazines and things like that, they they probably aren't looking for a belt fed. I mean, honestly, having shot enough belt feds, like. You're not accurate with them. That's just and, to like come and it adds fire. A, it adds a ton of weight when you're carrying ammo. Ton around of weight. You got to have the clips, gotta, the cans. Yeah, it makes it. Yeah, the, I mean, and the gun itself just weighs. Just, yeah, like forty pounds. And you're leaving a lot of that behind once you expel the round. Yeah. So um, it, the other thing is, is you're, you're also having to carry two different things. So you've got to carry your belt and you got to carry your mags. This design, everybody has ammo for every gun. There's a suppressed version. The yeah. next one oh, this is, is different. The this is the Textron. This they, is they make uh, golf carts. <laughs> Textron <laughs> makes own, golf carts. Not owns Easy Go. The, <laughs> awesome. the Textron. It's actually a telescoped weapon, um, which they have you a can belt see, fed and yeah. a magazine fed. Yep. You can see. I was going to say the magazine fed right so, there. So, but what is strange about the? So, if you look at the picture. Um, that is on Textron's website, it looks like there's a second barrel underneath. Is that a barrel to switch out? No, no, no. no that's not a barrel at all. It's not a barrel. Is that the, is that a, that's the gas is port. that a piston? Yep. That's the gas. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's, a lot like, it's a lot like an AK design. It's, the, look, it's an AK flipped upside these down. These look if you will. ugly. I don't like either one of them. These I, these look like laser guns, man. I they like, look like something I mean, I'd see on Star Wars. They look like something you'd see in your G.I. Joe room. Yeah. Well, they, yeah. So, okay, maybe I'll like them. <laughs> uh, maybe I'm just an old-fashioned... Hang, hang on, go back up. Old-fashioned dude. It looks like... Well, maybe not. That might just be a foregrip. Because I was going to say, they do have like the... Their grenade launcher attachment, and that's almost what that one looks like. But that would be the bottom here. Yeah, the, but that would be right. That's, that's right, too close. It, uh, it'd be too close and be in the way of the bipod. So I scroll down because it talks about the ammo. my too. statement. So this one oh. actually does six point five mil and six, six point eight and mil. Both seven six two and five five six. So it's got four different variants. Uh, let's see, Heckler and Koch. Oh, so that means it's going to cost three times as much. <laughs> yeah, prices just skyrocketed. So now we're talking. I'm looking That's down here. The, this is uh, number number three. Uh, what could replace the current M4 model is the Sig Sauer, which uh, has two different rifles. One of which is a classic M4 design with a suppressor. Which I think it's interesting that the military is moving into a suppressed world. Everybody is. Um, which is great because that was the whole thing when Jim and I were working with Silencer Co. Yeah. The whole thing was hearing protection. Yeah. Right? That was the whole argument for that's, legalizing suppressors. That's still what it is. Yeah, the Hearing Protection Act. Like, that's legit what the Suppressor Act was called. If you, I mean, they if always come up with fancy names. one but. more Facebook post asking me to... to Ch- to check a civil uh, a civil act or what is that uh, class action lawsuit against Army Hearing Protection? Yeah. Are you guys seeing those? Uh, yeah, oh yeah, you see them all every time every freaking day. Uh, so I think that's probably playing a big part of this. I but. guarantee it. I mean, they were uh, tinnitus actually trumps PTSD. It's just it's not as glorified yeah. as PTSD because you don't. I, I mean. Everything is bad. Like they're both. I'm. I'm not trying to downplay one or the other. I'm just saying, like you have more troops suffering from tinnitus than you do PTSD. Well, who who in the when you're out in the suck, how many of us had time to put ear ear pro in? It, nobody. It, nobody does. Because the then you law enforcement. <laughs> you're right. Hey, wait. Oh, hold up. Hold time, up. Time out. <laughs> yeah. 
Guys, these things are... Oh, the foam one fell out. Damn I it. I like, squeeze like, it and twist yeah. it and get it up in my yeah. ear hole. I mean, and the reality, law enforcement, you're having to go talk to people for most of your shift. Uh, exactly. So you, and can't, I, you can't be wearing it for 10 hours a day because you have to talk to people. Even if you had the ones that were like the... Yeah. the like, like, click on as soon as that weapon fires. Yeah. Like, you, nobody's going to be walking around like... Um, they, they do make in-ear ones, which I really want. And, and they, I've never tried them. Yeah, those those ones are actually They're pretty okay. handy. Yeah, but I, I want some. It, it's just... I'm both poor. But it still not gets in the way. the yeah. same. Yeah, it's well, not the same. I wouldn't wear them day-to-day. I'd just wear them on the range, but... But if you're out and about, especially... Yeah. So if you're, if you're talking about troops that were in a... Uh, an engaged oh, yeah. situation where they're where they're not only are they shooting, but everybody around them, you know, you've got twenty two swinging dicks out there, and they're all shooting. <laughs> well, and it's not going to pick up on the that broken no. stick that you might hear of somebody coming up behind uh, you, things like that. So, like yeah. your situa- situational awareness, it, and, it it's gone. And besides the hearing protection, that's the other thing is we're learning tactically. Okay, sounds are a big dead giveaway. Yep. So if one of you fires, now that everybody's given away, whereas if you're suppressed, you have some chance of avoiding that. The, I don't know. They're not that quiet. They're not uh, that quiet, but they, it, it depends they on distance. They make a difference, yeah. though, because I've, I mean, it, it's the difference between looking up, looking back down, or just, I'm gone. Yeah, like, yeah, it, that's I, and true. that's hunting. I've, I've seen that verbatim. Like, we'll fire somebody, you'll miss an elk or whatever it might be. The elk will look up, be like, I know I just heard something. I don't know what it as was. As opposed to just break as off. As opposed to just like, run. F this, I'm out. As, as somebody who has heard gunshots in an urban environment a lot, trying to figure out where a full-on loud gunshot is coming from. Oh, sounds like it's coming from every direction. Yeah. So yeah. you take that and now cut it suppressed, you're really going, where is this round coming from? Yeah. Uh, and if you look back, uh, suppressors, that when you, if you look at the, the reason that suppressors were banned in the first place, it was for that reason, for hunting, yeah, to prevent poachers, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but I think that's kind of interesting that uh, that the military is coming around. I mean, that's a pretty slick investment as far as you're going to equip every trooper in the field with. I, I with don't a suppressor. I don't. I don't know that they're necessarily going to. I think they're showcasing they can. I, I don't yeah, think that's a that's probably that, that right. it's going to be every gun's going to have one. It's we can put one on every gun if we need to. Well, the nice thing is Sig makes their own suppressors, so that's going to be and, uh, suppressor optimized, right? You know, and you kind of look at platform. You look at that uh, their belt fed one. It does. It looks like an upside down AK. Yeah, it does. 100%. I hadn't noticed. That's that what before. we were talking about on the other one. If yeah, you go up to the Textron board, one, yeah. it's it's the it's an upside down AK. And it's still belt fed. Look at that. And I love the uh, look at the integral uh, uh, magazine can there. Look at that. How it kind of drops down. Yeah, just a catch. That's yeah. really cool. Dude, does like some little brass catcher thing. It's, it's like catching it, it all the like little it's got clips that hold the belt. Yeah, yeah. It's basically, it's it's the yeah. belt. The belt pieces tied together, whatever you call it. Interesting. Them. So yeah, so that there you go. So the the army may be ditching the. Uh, the good old fashioned M sixteen AR fifteen, which I, I wonder, wonder if they'll ditch the round. So, well, that's you know we've used that same round in the military since the nineteen sixties. I think it's time. I think it's time we ditch the round. But you know, the whole point of the two two three round to from the get go was it's cheap. Uh, it, it's cheap and it's easy to ship. Yeah, yeah. You know it that was it doesn't it, cost a lot. Yeah, but all it does is poke holes in people. We. Right, it doesn't kill anybody, but that I mean, was also but kind that, that of was, that part was of the plus, designed. right? You mm. take one guy out of the battlefield with a kill, you take three guys off the battlefield with a wound. Yep. But I, that may have just been 
like a, a silver lining. I know that the whole point was they realized with the thirty caliber and the thirty out six when they were shipping stuff overseas to Korea, they were like, "Holy crap, man! We we're spending so much money getting this stuff over there." But I also think what the difference is, is like you, it pokes a hole, but it's a guy that can still be like, "Ow, that's a big bee sting." It's a bee sting. Uh, yeah, like I mean, it's enough to hurt a lot. I would. I don't know. I, I'm. I'm talking. From no experience whatsoever. Other than if you like, were to tell me that you've been shot with an M16, I would believe you. <laughs> I know people that have. I mean, I watched uh, my old boss had seven rounds in his arm and he kept fighting. So, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, it, it all depends on where you hit. Limbs I, I, I are mean, one thing, but a, a smaller round like that hitting in center mass or head does all Especially where that round tumbles. Well, I guess it it's yeah. just going to... That's what it does. And arms like an goes through, form. but yeah, I mean, you you can use tactical rounds of a 5.56 five, that are designed to be a tactical round. Yeah. You can hit somebody in the head and they won't exit. It'll just bounce. Gotcha. bounce. It, won't come, it won't come out. So obviously the military can't use that because of Geneva Conventions and right. things. They, they can only use ball ammo, but there are... <laughs> Geneva Convention. I know. Are you spitting on the Geneva Convention yes. over there? <laughs> Whatever. Geneva Convention. Apparently that's also with Seattle and recycling. Oh, don't get me started. I don't hate recy- I, I don't hate recycling. I hate the fact that we're the ones that have to recycle. Why is it the people's job to recycle? It's not our it's not our job. So you, you want somebody to come get your stuff and recycle it for No, you? I it, look, if if straws are a problem, quit making <laughs> straws. If, if forks are a problem, a quit making forks. Don't make the forks and go and try to guilt me by using somewhat, you know, dumb turtle out in the ocean <laughs> to make me stop using what makes me happy. The cocaine addict turtle. Yeah, you know, <laughs> take the take the fork out of your nose, you know, Cokie the turtle. Uh, I, I almost sent you a picture last night of the John Smith emergency fork and spoon and knife stash at our house because <laughs> I just just in case I come over. Yeah. That's, you do every yeah, once in a while. Once amazing. in a while, it's good to have. Uh, Jim, what do you have uh, on topic today? Yeah, um, I mean, I just I, I read an article this, uh, yesterday. Yeah, and it was actually in the Wall Street Journal. I think. I, yeah, I was wow, reading fancy newspaper. Some, some yeah. highfalutin stuff over there. Yeah, he literally says something that surprises me every time. <laughs> I see. Well, when you're in the CIA, you probably have. That's to, what I'm saying. Attention to that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, it was super interesting in that. Um, the murder rate for Mexico has just skyrocketed as of recent. Um, like it is double what it was last year, and obviously they're dealing with a lot of issues. Mm-hmm. And they've got some of the most like reserved gun laws in the entire Absolutely. world. Literally, it was. I mean, the, the article just kept giving me facts. I was like, this is super interesting. They have one gun store in the entire country, right? One gun store in the entire country. They're also saying that like all their guns. Because they're like, oh, well, yeah, if America had tighter gun laws, then we wouldn't be able to get them over there so easy. It's absolutely not. It's saying that these actual, the the guns that they're getting are coming from South American countries like Nicaragua and other South American uh, countries are being shipped over from Asia by the cartel and just they're doing bulk buys and no, you know. no, they're coming from the United States. No, that's uh, yeah, like that's I think everybody's go to it is like that's just not the case. No, it's really not. And even in that one gun store that they have there, they sell twenty two caliber. That's the largest round rifle you can buy there. And then the second thing it was like one percent, or it was less than one percent of um, Mexican citizens have the authority to actually put like they have the license to right. actually own a firearm and. All this was put in place in 1971, and ever since then, the murder rate has just continued to increase, 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 increase. The people have no way of protecting themselves. Yeah, it's, it continued to increase ever since they put these 
stringent gun laws into place. So I, I know like one of the use cases everybody like, well, look at Australia, mate. Like they put these gun laws in and everything was just great. Well, look at Mexico. Not so great. Like that was kind of what I took away from that because it was super int- – I mean I've – being more in-depth into that, you would just hear all the time, well, Australia took all their guns away and everything – you know, things calmed down. And it's like, well, that's – that may be one user case. However, nobody is talking about these other countries where it just did the Here opposite. Here are the type of, of guns you can have in Mexico. These, According oh, gotcha. to Article 10 of their federal law, firearms and explosives – you may own a semi-automatic handgun, revolver, or rifle of caliber 22. If you have a, a, a you can have a 38 caliber handgun. If you are an Olympic shooter or a competitive shooter, you can have a shotgun in all calibers and models, except with those shorter than 25 inches and greater than 12 gauge. So, okay, uh, let's see, high-powered rifles. That are non-convertible to full auto, with the exception of 30 caliber, 30 caliber carbines. Uh, you may not own caliber 223 or 762. Uh, let's see. You may you have to have special permission to use high-powered rifles of greater caliber than those mentioned above uh, for hunting of game bigger than those present in national wildlife. There, that is one of the most restrictive set of gun laws. On the planet. Well, I can imagine it's not like you just roll into your, well the one gun store and you're like, hey man, like hook me up with the give me an AR. Yeah, give me an AR. I, I'm guessing it's not as easy as that. I'm glad you brought that up because here we have the legal procedures oh, to own go. a <laughs> firearm in the country of Mexico. Private citizens not wishing to acquire either. a firearm and ammunition are required by law to do the following. Apply for a firearm acquisition permit from the General Directorate of Federal Firearms D- Directorate. Directorate. Directorate? Directorate. I'm sorry. I'm reading this from far away. And my glasses are on. i got to take my glasses off. <laughs> no, right. just say the D-R-G-R-F-A-C-Y-C-E. That's They have it as an acronym that's longer than just saying the stupid words. Yeah, like... And you're saying it in Spanish, so it's El de Garega. <laughs> Excuse me, sorry. Uh, <laughs> Perhaps we should leave out all the details. Yeah. For Mexican citizens under the age of 40, you have to have a copy of Liberated National Military Service Card. For, fem- for females or males over the age of 40, you have to have a birth certificate. Uh, proof of income by submitting original employment letters stating position, time of employment, and salary. Criminal background check showing no convictions issued by a state's attorney general... Dated no older than six months. Gee, I wonder how long that takes to get. Yeah. Uh, copy of proof of address. Copy of government-issued photo ID. If weapons are requested for shooting or hunting, must submit a copy of hunting and or shooting club membership card indicating day, month, year, and beginning of end, and end of validation. Uh, birth certificate name, last name. Copy of unique key of population registry. What is that? Looks like that's their social security. Right. And that's just... That was one, and then the subset of that, one. <laughs> that, was, that was the first requirement. Yeah. Uh, upon being granted a firearm permit, you need to fill out the form and make a payment of $95 
95 pesos. That's yeah. like seven seven sixty. it looks like, uh, for permit to purchase They firearms. should do it as it's uh, $7.62. Actually, that's, seven sixty. I think that's funny. about what we, we pay for the background checks here in the States, right? It's like 7 bucks. I, yeah, like, I don't know. Yeah, I have my CCW, so I don't have to pay it. But. I, I, I don't have mine because I have a badge and I have to pay it. So. Uh, ooh, yeah. I have a badge. Ooh. I don't need a <laughs> CCW. I you know. Slapped this vest on me and gave me a gun. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was that easy. <laughs> Uh, fill out a form and make another payment of 39 pesos, so that's $3, of registration of firearm, one form, and payment per gun. By the way, you can only own two guns. In I'm city. already out. Like, right? I'm, I'm not. Contact the, direct, the Directorate of Commercialization of Arms and Munitions, DCAM, by internet or in person to make payment of firearm. With all receipts and documentation, you now need to wait 24 to 72 hours. Holy effing shit, dude. I gotta watch my language. How does that make it better? (laughs) (laughs) We all know what you're thinking. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Seriously. But, yeah, like, or contact your local cartel. I gotta do that to buy a 22. Yeah. All of that, just, and that's not even the guarantee of owning a firearm. Yep. I gotta do all that before I can even purchase the firearm. And that has not done a single thing to help the gun violence in that country. No, turns out it's actually almost six times as many murders per 100,000 people as in the U.S. I could very easily turn this around. uh, Game on. on, I could very easily (laughs) turn this around on gun control people because the same people that are are advocating for gun control are the same people that are up in arms about requiring voter voter identification. It seems like an oxymoron. It's the same. You just said up in arms, which they would not. Well, I'll I'll refrain. (laughs) They're the same people that are getting all butthurt about, uh, about having IDs in order to vote. Never voting, mind. I'm not, there's a joke there, but I'm just going to pass is, it. Uh, voting is <laughs> voting is considered a right in the United States, and thus you should not be required by law to show ID in order to do it. But here we are. You have to have an ID in order to buy a gun in Mexico, which technically you do in the United States as well, unless you're buying from a private party. Yes. But I could very easily turn that argument around and go, you're just trying to keep poor people from getting guns by that's requiring exactly that, what it is here that's like what if it you looks read like. that you have to have your like you have to show your salary you have sh- i have to show you that i have a job yeah i can't i can't get a gun if i don't have a job right what if i work month to month what if i what if i work on salary what if i'm self-employed yeah what if it's cash only deal? what if i'm a bum and i just want to have a gun they probably need the protection more than anybody else I'm, that's what i'm saying yeah. man so so there you go. Yeah. That's a little bit of argument for the uh, for, for, for in the Wall for, Street Journal, which is Obama. impressive. Although I did pull that up, it wasn't an article; it was a commentary. Yeah, whatever, but it's, it's published in <laughs> yeah. the Wall Street Journal. It, it was interesting because I pulled up. I pulled oh, it up, is a commentary. I don't know. I pulled up looking just to see about where the guns come from, and the biggest problem is they don't know. Yeah, um, that's like now the ones that they've asked the U.S. to trace that they've asked the ATF to trace between sixty and seventy percent of the ones that they've asked said, "Hey, we've seized these. Will you see where they? If you can figure out where they came from." 60 to 70% have come from the U.S. I believe that. And they said what they're finding, they think a lot of the ones that they're finding that are fully automatic, because that's the vast majority of murders have been modified once they've been taken to Mexico. And that's what I was going to say. A quick Google search and trim a firing pin and And you're ready to go. You know what Mexico should do to keep the flow of firearms into their country? Build a wall. And, and I can Turns tell you, out. Yeah, a lot of that is exchange for drugs. Like the, the guns well, yeah. are being I used. Mean, that that's they're being used as the currency for 
the, 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 there's a huge drug yeah. problem in the U.S. There's a huge yeah. gun problem in Mexico, and I think I mean, the two go most, hand in hand. Most of the, the meth production in, is now in Mexico. You can't make meth in the no, U.S. That's it's, it's, New, it's, New Mexico. No, it's in Mexico. I've seen Breaking Bad. One of the Mexicos. Walter White. You can't get enough I of the, am the danger. Yeah. You can't get enough of the ingredients in the U.S. anymore. It, it's nearly impossible to make anything but a very small batch in the right. U.S. I got to do a background check in yep. order to buy cold and science. And it worked. It really did. It worked in terms of stopping the labs. I mean, obviously it still comes in from other places, but you're not having the lab in somebody's neighborhood anymore. I'm out, I'm at, uh, I'm at the Walgreens one day and I'm buying Advil cold and sinus and I'm just pissed because I've got, yeah, we've all been there because I've got a, you know, I've got a sinus headache like and I've got a, you know, and I'm just like, hey, just look here, take the $13 <laughs> or $28 or whatever the hell it costs nowadays to get Sudafed because everybody's watched Breaking Bad. Now everybody knows how to make meth. So I got to pull out an ID. So I'm telling the pharmacy, uh, the pharmacy tech, you know, young person i i don't even remember if it was man or woman but i'm like i gotta you know i gotta go through a background check you know what i don't have to get a background check for i could i can get go to home depot and i can buy a chainsaw cut up the clown i have in the trunk of my car in the last time that it takes me to buy Sudafed. and i didn't even realize what i was saying i was just kind of making a joke and I look up, and like all the color was drained out of their face. <laughs> it's like and saying like, bomb in an airport. Like, yeah. <laughs> and I couldn't tell so which. I'm going to have to ask you to leave. Yeah. I couldn't tell which, bomb, part, like, which part set them off. Was it the fact that I was cutting up a clown, or was it the fact that I have a clown in the trunk of my car? <laughs> <laughs> or the fact that I know how long it would take? Well, tell me, just go see the Joker, and you're doing everybody a service. <laughs> I saw that last night, and that's why it's on my mind. Sorry. How was it? Um, it's actually really good. Is it good? Yeah, it's great. I still have no desire. I haven't. I, yeah, I, I, I thought it was played out. Like, you, how many times can you do the same movie over and over? But he, it, it, it is a different take on it, which was interesting. Which, but the Joker still doesn't need an origin story. I, 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 I don't I, need an origin. Well, and they worked another Batman origin story in there, didn't yeah. they? Didn't they? What else did of they? Of course have. they did. We get it. Your parents are dead. We get what it. What else Bruce does Wayne? DC have? Ugh. They have no one. Superman. Yeah, but Green Lantern. We all saw how those Wonder tur- Woman. We all saw how those those movies turned out. <laughs> you have great characters, but you make crappy movies, right? Like Ryan Reynolds. It's like Marvel. You have crappy characters, but you make great movies. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Thor, really? That's your superhero? <laughs> None of them make Thor. any sense. Thor sucks. He was funny in the last. Oh movie. yeah, the last couple. He's been hilarious. Crappy, crappy character. Thor Ragnarok was made out movie. for a great movie. Turns out, yeah. Turns out they just. But you can take Green Lantern, one of the coolest superheroes of all time in the comic books. You put Ryan Reynolds in there and some cartoonish graphics. He's amazing. Sucks. He well, is amazing. The problem is just, DC. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. yeah. All right. All right. Enough of that. I think we're, we're at 33 <laughs> minutes. So we're going to go ahead and wrap this up for this week. Uh, oh, the gun on that. Just complete side note. Uh, 38 special. What's that? The, that? the gun and the Joker. That's what he uses. Oh, is that right? Yeah. We should put that in the internet uh, movie database of firearms. Yeah. Internet movie firearms mm-hmm. database. Uh, Acquired illegally. He only, uses, he only uses one gun? Yeah. Well, he, it's like the 1980s, right? Yeah. Yeah. But it, I mean, acquired illegally from he was uh, mentally ill and somebody gave it to him. There were no laws in Gotham in the 1980s. But I, yeah. I, I was going to say, I don't know what the exact gun laws are. He just said he shouldn't have one. But, you know, gun laws that, in that Gotham City That may be a City personal are, thing saying, I, I really shouldn't have this. Right. I think Joaquin Phoenix should be banned from owning pretty much anything, let alone firearms. <laughs> he should just be in a straight jacket. You, you like, can't own anything. Yeah. I can't own a gun? No. You can't no, own, you can't own a problem. car key, yeah. let alone a car. You can't own anything. 
I'm taking all your rights away, Joaquin Phoenix. I was going to say, like, they, they, I don't he didn't really, do I don't that. know if he had to act for that movie. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> this guy's nuts. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, thank you, everybody, for joining us. Thank you for uh, for hanging out with us. Make sure you, uh, you hit that like button and you subscribe. Like us on the Facebook. Shoot us a review. And uh, until next time, for myself, for America's Greatest Stuntman, Jim York, and Officer Mike, John Smith saying, see ya. Everything hurts. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.